Welcome to Relevance for Today, a show where you will be encouraged, inspired, and fed through the Word of God. You will find relevant teachings, tips, discussions, interviews, and more for both believers and even non-believers who are considering salvation through Jesus Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey folks, Steve Lewis here. Welcome to Relevance for today. Once again, thanks for tuning in. We're continuing on with finding hidden treasure in the Bible. This is part two, and it's just about encouraging you and strengthening you and helping you to get in the word of God. It's all about training and equipping folks. That's what it's about. So I love teaching on these things, as you all know. And so that's what it's all about. Thank you for all those who've gone out and subscribed. Remember, you can get over to kingdomcommunity.tv now and you can subscribe over there and just look up Stephen Lewis. Go ahead and subscribe there. We got Glenn Blakeney, different amazing teachers and equippers. You can subscribe to their actual channel and then stay in touch that way. Also, check out the article section as well. I've got some different writings over there, some Christian poetry, some different articles about different subjects. And just the whole website is free. Don't forget that kingdomcommunity.tv is entirely free. So anyone around the world can access it and jump right in and enjoy all the teachings and trainings. So with that being said, let's jump right in. So finding hidden treasure in the Bible. So, of course, in the previous episode, I shared about the Bible and how to get in the Word of God and really dig in. It was about finding those nuggets. You know, it's making you want to pick that Bible up, dig in those nuggets. You can't wait to get up in the morning because you just want to get in the Word and just soak it up. You know what I mean? You just want to get in there and soak up the Word of God. And that's what I'm trying to encourage you to do is to get hungry for the Word, to get hungry for it that way. You can get into it and you can learn from God's word. So very important. So in this episode, once again, I'm going to encourage you by sharing some verses and some tips and nuggets. We like nuggets to help you in your walk. So the first one we're going to go to is Genesis 3. We're going to jump right in, folks. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 3. And here's what it says. Okay. And we're going to be talking about, of course, Adam and Eve. But these are the neat little things. So when I say nuggets and going in and learning about these things, it's you're going in and you're actually reading it for yourself and you're not just going, well, the pastor said this or the teacher said that or Steve Lewis said this, 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 and this. So I'm just running with it. You know, it's like hearing about Samson for so many years in church or in Bible school or in children's church and Bible studies that when you're reading it, you just scan through half of it and you don't remember half the story because our brains are that way. God created our brains. We've got some, I tell you what, they're amazing. And sometimes we think too far ahead of ourselves. Sometimes it can be good and sometimes it can be bad because sometimes we'll be sitting there and we'll automatically skip through a couple sentences because we know, okay, Delilah's going to cut his hair, yada, yada, yada. But then we miss little key things in there. The different battles he had, the time that he ripped off the gate of the city and took it up on the hillside, you know, and learning the importance of that and how important a gate was. And you learn about the gate by reading and researching gates in those days. And of course, you find out that the gate was their stronghold. That's what kept enemies out 
you know, it kept the enemies out. That's where business was done. So the gate was very important. And for Samson to tear that gate off, it really damaged that city that way. And uh, that just gives you an example. So, yeah, we're going to be jumping into Genesis 3. And so keep in mind, okay, so the first thing we're going to talk about is Adam and Eve and that fruit and Satan. Okay, so this fruit was delicious. You know, the word says the fruit looked delicious. The fruit was delicious. But keep in mind, even though the world's artists paint an apple, Moses transcribed the first five books of the Bible, and he never wrote what type of fruit it was. Okay, so some of you might be scratching your head, but you need to go in there and check that passage of Scripture. It never talks about what type of fruit. Once again, we rely on other people's teachings and we automatically go, oh yeah, well such and such said it was an apple, so he bit the apple. Why does this make a big deal? Is this a big deal? Is this going to affect your salvation? No, but at the same time, it's nice to go in and when you're talking about the Word of God, you're actually reading it and digesting it and getting deeper into it and not just saying, okay, it was, it was just an apple. No, this right here is the Word of God. Okay, we need to take this seriously. This is the word of God transcribed by men through the power of the Holy Spirit and through guidance from the Lord in giving them the words they needed to write and inspiration. So keep that in mind. So you don't just want to just, hey, blow it off saying, yeah, it was a pear, whatever. It doesn't make a difference. You know, it's, it's God's word. So keep that in mind. And once again, Moses transcribed the first five books of the Bible. You know, it can be called the Pentateuch. And that's the first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So here's the thing, <laughs> like I just said, so it's funny, we pass right through this information. It's no big deal to us, and we just go on about our business, and we're just reading the word, and poof, going through it. But if we take the time to get those little nuggets and say, hey, it wasn't an apple, okay, register that in my mind. It wasn't an apple. Okay, so we as believers always point the finger, and here's where, it, here's where it starts. So we as believers always point the finger at Eve, right? If it wasn't for Eve, biting the fruit, da-da-da-da-da, blah, 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 blah. It's Eve's fault, right? But check it out. Because, <laughs> of course, the conversation was, was between her and Satan, but there's something very important that some of you have skipped over, including me back in the day. And that important thing we skipped over was, and let's take a look at Genesis 3, verse 6. Okay, so here we go. Genesis 3, verse 6. This is out of the New Living Translation. The woman was convinced she saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. So here's a beautiful tree. There's nothing terrible looking about it. It's a beautiful tree. The fruit looked delicious. Come on now. How many of us would just want to reach out and grab it? You know what I mean? Beautiful tree, delicious fruit. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Period. But remember, punctuation and everything was added years and years after the Bible was transcribed and written. So here's what it says. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then, and here's the part that we forget about, then she gave some to her husband. Okay? You know where I'm going with this. Where was her husband? 
Let's, let's, I'm going to ask you that question right now, even though some of you pulled your Bibles out. But I'm going to ask you that question. Where was her husband? Where was Adam? Adam was with her. Okay. She gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. So in the pictures, in the paintings, sometimes Adam's nowhere to be found, right? It pictures her eating the fruit, talking to the to Satan, eating the fruit, and then skipping through the garden looking for Adam. Oh, Adam, here, take this piece of fruit and bite it. Him not knowing bites the fruit, but guess what? The nugget is, this is a little bit of treasure here for you. She gave some to her husband who was with her. And the King James Bible reads like this. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. So they were standing together and yet Adam never put his hand in front of her mouth to block the bite. So I don't know how close they were away from each other, but they were close because it says it in the word. But he never went, no, 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 don't do it. And he put his hand in front of her mouth and she goes and boom, doesn't eat the fruit. He never tried to stop her, but he was right there with her in that vicinity. Okay. So he never stopped her from biting it. And many miss that sentence because we've heard or read the story so many times and we skip right over those words. Hey, Eve ate the apple. And then, of course, she took it to Adam and he ate it. Da, 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 da. And these are the things where we have to slow ourselves down. When we get too familiar with certain things, you've heard it said, don't get too familiar with certain things because that's when mistakes can happen. Don't get too familiar with the word of God. Oh, it says this, it says that, or you know, people will make statements and it's a, it's a nice statement. Yes, but it's not in the Bible where they'll say, God will never give us more than we can handle. It's not in the word. You know what I mean? But we've heard so many people say it all the time that people assume it's in there. So they automatically recite it. Like God's giving you every single thing that's happened in your life, which is such a terrible thing to think because when you don't know the treasure and the nuggets in this word of God, you'll assume things like that. God will give us no more than we can handle. Then someone dies and you'll say to them, God will give us no more than we can handle. And it makes it sound like God gave them death in their family. You know what I mean? So we have to be careful. So there's something else I want to share with you. And as I was preparing this message and doing my notes this morning and everything, I ran across something and I was reading that portion of scripture and then a light bulb went off and it's that nugget. It's the treasure like what I was telling you about earlier. Okay, so check this out. So here's a little treasure nugget for you. So if you read on to the next verse, which is Genesis three, verse seven. There's something that's going to really make you say, hmm, interesting. And it might not. But here it is. Verse 7. And the eyes of them both, and this is out of the New American Standard Bible. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Okay? Their eyes were opened. Okay? So... Their eyes were opened together as one. 
Eve took the first bite and yet her eyes were not opened until after her husband had taken his bite. That verse right there brought another verse to mind for me. Okay, so some of you may get where I'm going with this. But immediately, this is the verse that came to me. Genesis 2.24, New American Standard. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. The two become one flesh. Okay, think about that. The two become one. They're joined together now. So no wonder Eve's eyes were not opened until after her husband, standing with her, ate the fruit as well. They sinned together as one. So that was a neat little side nugget. And I wanted to share that because in marriage, many times what affects the wife affects the husband and vice versa. If the husband's having a bad day, like Barb and I have been married almost 30 years, and if I go out and work in the yard, it puts a hurting on me. So my back's hurting, my legs are hurting, my arms, my wrists, my feet. She'll be at work and all of a sudden she'll start feeling pain and she'll literally come get in the vehicle when I go to pick her up and she'll say, oh my gosh, I'm hurting. And I'll say, well, I was painting or I did do the yard today and she'll feel the pain from that. And it's crazy how that works. But some of you have been married a long time. You know what I mean? You become one. And so it's really important. So, and I thought about that because when you're sitting back and you're like, okay, why did all of a sudden they woke up? Their eyes were open together. Can you imagine if Eve had ate the fruit and her eyes were opened before Adam's eyes were opened? Then it would have been another portion of scripture right there that Moses would have written down, would have had to transcribe. It would have been then Eve's eyes were open and she immediately ran to her husband, but she covered herself up first. And then Adam looked at her and said, why are you covered up? What are you doing? Did you eat from the tree? And it would have been a whole different story, right? <laughs> so it's neat little things like that that you can notice as you're reading the word and you're relying on the Holy Spirit to open up things for you. And once again, these are neat little things that you can capture in your mind, in your knowledge booklet, you know, you can get that nugget right in here. And then, for example, this is a study Bible. So it has the words down at the bottom, the study section and everything. This is the uh, Life Application Study Bible, large print, really good Bible to have. So that was just one of the nuggets, a little treasure that you can look at and go, you know, some of you may say, I didn't know it wasn't an apple or, hey, I didn't know Adam was standing right there with her. And now that I know, I'm going to make sure I read a little slower when I'm doing my reading. So here's another nugget, which you need to remember. This is something I've trained myself to remember. And sometimes I'll get the names mixed up, but this is so important. Okay. In the book of Daniel, the chief of staff renamed him and the three Hebrew young men. Some people call them the Hebrew children, as seen in Daniel 1, 6 through 7. And this is out of the New American Standard in the book of Daniel. Now among them, from the sons of Judah, were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Okay? You remember Daniel's name. But Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah are foreign to many people. Those are God-given names of Hebrews, okay, these Hebrew young men. But guess what we remembered, and I'll continue on reading verse 7. 
Then the commander of the officials assigned new names to them. And to Daniel, he assigned the name Belshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach. To Mishael, Meshach. And to Azariah, Abednego. And of course, most of us know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Sadly, those names were not given by God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not names given by God. They were replaced. They replaced their God-given names. So Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah all have meanings just as Daniel's does. And here's what's written in the Life Application Study Bible. So I took some notes from it because I wanted to share this with you so you could get an idea of what their names may actually mean and why they were given. So Nebuchadnezzar changed the names of Daniel and his friends because he wanted to make them Babylonian. Daniel means God is my judge in Hebrew. His name was changed to Belshazzar, meaning Bel, protect his life. Bel was a chief Babylonian god. So right there, you've got a pagan god's name given to a man of God. Okay, Hananiah means the Lord shows grace and his name Shadrach probably meant under command of Aku, the moon god. Mishael means who is like God. His name, Meshach, probably means who is like Aku. Azariah means the Lord helps. His new name, Abednego, means servant of Nebo. So by changing their names, the king attempted to change the religious loyalty of these young men. So Right then and there, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, my gosh, all this time I've been saying Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and, of course, Daniel, and I've been doing such a discredit to their name. And it's like we must learn their real names so when we talk about them, we can honor them and share their God-given names. And it really burdened me when I thought of that, and it made me realize I need to remember these guys' names out of respect. And so just that little bit right there, I mean, that's just a small nugget, but at the same time, I want to encourage you to read the amazing miracle story about these young men by reading the entire book of Daniel and just getting in there and reading it and take your time or read the whole book if you want to in one sitting and just digest that whole entire book or take your time and read pieces and parts of it. Take some notes and remember their names which is very important, and just go from there. You know, the New Testament nuggets, same thing. And there's so many nuggets in the Bible. I'm just touching on a few just to kind of like give you a little spark, give you a little shock to the melon to help you, you know, to grow. And so the New Testament nuggets, you know, what about Apostle Paul and his name changed from Saul? Or was it even changed? You know, many people will guess, including me years ago, Back in the day, it was like, oh, well, when Saul was on his way to Damascus and he was blinded on the road, that's when his name was changed by God. And it's like, no, I'm sorry, but it wasn't. You know, the answer that is about, here it is. So the answer is that Saul's name was also Paul. Da, 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 da. So the custom of dual names was common in those days. Acts 13.9 describes the apostle as Saul, who was also called Paul. 
From that verse on, Saul is always referred to in Scripture as Paul. Paul was a Jew. He was born in the Roman city of Tarsus. He was proud of his Jewish heritage. He chose to use his Hebrew name, Saul, until sometime after he began to believe in and preach Christ. After that time, as the apostle to the Gentiles, Romans 11.13, he used his Roman name, Paul. It would make sense, of course, for Paul to use his Roman name as he traveled farther and farther into the Gentile world. So isn't that neat to learn that? And once again, it's just a little nugget, and I won't say just, but it's little nuggets like that one can be found online when searching for answers to these topics. So if you have a study Bible, it's a different story. You know, if you got your study Bible and you got your compact dictionaries, which I'll show you here in a second, then it's a different story. But you can go in and do a little research and say, okay, I can't figure it out in my tools that I have or in my books I have, so let me go online and see. And then read a couple articles, put two and two together, compare some passages of Scripture, and then go from there. And of course, does it change your salvation? No, it doesn't. But it sure is nice to know what you are reading and why certain things are as they are. So just from these examples, you have a little bit of fire in you to go deeper and find some treasure. And a couple books I want to share with you folks. So I've shared these before, but, you know, Bible dictionaries. So, for example, here's the Nelson's Compact Bible Dictionary. All-in-one resource to Bible backgrounds, teachings, people, places, and much more. Easy to understand and illustrated throughout. Can be used with the New King James, the King James, the NIV, and other popular translations. Okay, so let me see if I can get that to focus on the book. Yeah, good. So we've got pictures. we got all kinds of goodies in there. You like that? You see how I'm blurry? That's awesome. Okay, so we've got the compact. And then we also have, I love the Zondervan Illustrated Bible Dictionary, okay? So that's a big one. See that? That's really nice. And so, of course, same thing. Pictures and all kinds of stuff in there. All kinds of goodies. Alphabetical parts on the side here. You just look up the name or whatever you're looking for and you just go from there. I mean, it's straightforward. You know, just right here. Methuselah. And you read about Methuselah. Uh, and it gives you the breakdown of how to say his name, talks about son of Enoch, descendant of Seth, and grandfather of Noah, and it breaks it down a little bit more and goes from there. And so you can just go in here, and it's got maps, all kinds of good stuff. You can get these from Christian Bible, depending on what the sale is or with Christmas coming up and things like that, for $20 or less. And uh, they're great books to have. And, of course, love my Bibles. And this one, once again, is the Life Application Study Bible, large print. This is New Living Translation. It's Tyndale Bible. And in it, for example, you've got your verses. And then down at the bottom, you have, uh, uh, it's got write-ups in it. And half the page is actual study material. And the verses are up top. This one's large print. And uh, you can really get in there, dig in some nuggets, really learn some amazing things. And in the front of each book, it gives you a history 
or a little write-up about the actual book. Like this one's Lamentation, so it tells you the history, it tells you the author, it goes through, talks about the people, key verses, and different things like that. So that is really nice to have. You want to go digging for treasure, you've got to have a shovel as well as a metal detector and some great equipment. So when you're digging in the Word of God, make sure you got some good tools as well just to dig in and find those nuggets. And like I said, I only touched on a couple because, hey, there's 66 books in the Bible. There's so many nuggets in each book. But I wanted to give you a sample of things that I thought you may know or you may have heard about the apple or you know about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but you don't know about what their real names are supposed to be. Or, you know, Paul becoming or Saul becoming Paul, same thing, realizing that it's the same name. So it's nuggets like that that you can sit down with someone else and teach them the same thing. So it's very key, folks. So, you know, my encouragement is take your time and just search the scripture as if you're looking for something valuable that you had lost. And trust me, your outlook will change drastically. And that's so very important. And that's what I want to share this episode. I just want to encourage you and get you in the word of God, give you some ideas on what tools you can use to help you get in the word. And, you know, wintertime's coming over here in the United States, so it's a great time for reading and studying. And although we should try to encourage each other to get in the Word every day, but you can get online, Bible study groups and things of that nature, or some places you can meet in person. So you can get in there and do Bible studies. It's very encouraging. Some people may not be readers, so you get a little player or play it on your little Alexa and different things like that and and play... um, the Bible verses or podcasts that talk about the Bible or read the Bible to you and so forth. Get the version Bible. That's a great one. I've brought that up before, but the version is amazing. And you can go in there and actually have the Bible being read to you. And uh, it's fantastic. So with that being said, I, I hope that encourages you. Uh, leave me a message and let me know what you thought about that. Okay? Sound good? Let's go ahead and pray. So, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this opportunity to share this message today. My prayer is that someone, some thousand, some hundred thousand will dig into their word and look for that treasure. Dig into the word to find your treasure that you've put in those words through the men and women that you've chosen to write the words, your words, to write the Bible. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for your word. We do not take it for granted. We pray that the Holy Spirit will help guide us and lead us in the right directions. Show us the passages that we need to read. Show us how to impact lives in the world, all around the world, no matter where we are. We pray for the body of Christ to unite together as one, the kingdom community networks being formed. We pray for all those out there hurting and suffering. And Lord, we just thank you so much for all the opportunities you've given us. There's so many out there evangelizing. There's so many out there taking care of the widows and orphans. So many out there being the hands and feet that you've called us to be, the hands and feet and mouthpiece of Jesus on this earth through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So we just thank you for all these things. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. Hey, there you have it, folks. Thanks for tuning in as always. Once again, don't forget, Kingdom Community TV, kingdomcommunity.tv online, Apple TV, Google TV, Roku, Fire, uh, Amazon Fire, 
TV as well. You can download the app right on your smart TVs. You'll be looking for Kingdom Community. Just download that and go from there. Join the Facebook group, Kingdom Community Facebook group online. Also, connect with me, Relevance for Today. The ministry is doing really good. We're taking off. We're reaching people all around the world, and we just give it all to God. It's all for the glory of God. So with that being said, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, Stable Landing, great Christian clothing. Love those guys. They're fantastic. So with that being said, hey, God bless you all. Take care of yourselves. Love you. Get subscribed. Get connected. Peace.